Welcome to the Grow Zone, real-time adventures. With Sarah Hübner, the communications adventurer, and Kerry Temple, the outdoor adventurer. Welcome to the Grow Zone, real-time adventures. With me, Sarah Hübner, the communications adventurer, and with Kerry Temple, the outdoor adventurer. Hello, Kerry. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about the topic of play. Um, and Sarah, isn't this what you do for a living? That's correct. Lucky me, playing is part of what I do. I basically work with people from all different backgrounds and we playfully look at various topics and practice a variety of skills. And Kerry, when we were talking about this topic, you said that you also play. Why in your job? How come you see yourself as a <laughs> playful person and that your job is all about play? Well, I guess I kind of feel like my playground is the outdoors <laughs> because, yeah, when you're out in the, in the great outdoors, you can explore. Yeah, you have, you have, you're in a, I'd say an alternative time zone somehow where time tends to stand still away from the ticking clock of meetings or events and things like that. And you're in an environment where you can explore basically the parameters of your comfort zone and also do, yeah, different elements of, of life around you and different environments. And yeah, so I feel a lot, and because it's, I'm in an environment that really is my passion that, that I'm, yeah, when I'm out outdoors doing events, I'm pretty much, yeah, in my happy play place <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> yeah, and you already mentioned a lot of the essential aspects of what play is. I'd just like to share some key words around play before we dive even deeper into the topic. And they are from Stuart Brown's book called Play and How It Shapes the Brain, Opens the Imagination and Invigorates the Soul. His key words are apparently purposeless. So play is done for its own sake. It's voluntary. There's an inherent attraction. So it's fun. And there's freedom from time. We're fully engaged. We lose um, ourselves and we lose the sense of time. There's a diminished consciousness of self. There's the, it's improvisational. It has an improvisational potential. So it's not fixed. And there's a continuation desire. We want more of it. How would you say that relates to your field, Kerry? You already mentioned it in the beginning. Or what aspect is the most important one for you? Let's do it this way. Uh, so which aspect is the most important for me? Hmm. Well, I guess when I'm working, I'm facilitating play. So I might necessarily not be the one that is playing because I'm doing it with the purpose of, of an event. So I guess I really really want to facilitate the experience of people that they're that sense of being in the moment and being present and enjoying the experience so giving them that experience of sense of sense of being present and sense of flow so you would say people walking outdoors is play um yeah I think so in certain in certain aspects it might not be seen necessarily straight away as play but there are different aspects to just just walking it's being out and um, enabling that through a walk, there are opportunities for them to 
experience elements of play. So whether that's having moments to be creative, um, some downtime, whether it's, um, yeah, playing a game along the route, whether it's sitting in the evening and in a hut and playing cards. Um, yeah, different things, different aspects. Yeah, there are different aspects, I guess, um, of it, or whether um, you're sitting and do, you're learning navigational skills and and playing. And sometimes it's learning new skills through playing games as well that we that we find a way that that if you can, I think the best way to learn something is through experience. And if you can do that in a playful way, it's going to be something that, and something that's fun, that's going to be something that that sinks in deep and you're getting two for one <laughs> in one way that you're learning the skill and and you're having that, that, that experience of, of play as well. Yes. Yeah, I really like that learning aspect and me as a facilitator too, mm -hmm. that, um, and as a teacher, for example, with teaching languages, which I did for a long time as a main job, like teaching German and English. Uh, when I make it playful, um, it's first of all, there's a reason to communicate. Um, you that gives reason for people to speak. So students will often ask for words and say, how do you say that? How do you say that? Whereas before that hand, if you just use a an activity, an exercise, they go through The activity, the words are often set. Maybe they need to fill in some words, but there's there's not really an authentic reason for needing to talk. And here they want to talk, they want to communicate. And it's often quite physical. It's a physical experience. So we remember things better because we're using our bodies too. We're fully engaged with our whole body. Even if we're sitting down, it's still a physical experience. And It also, that you're in connection with other people in this form of play. Not every play means that you're connecting with other people, but I think that makes a huge difference. And for language learning, for example, you have to listen to the other person. So you're learning the skill of listening at the same time. And um, and you're not necessarily thinking, oh, I need to listen. Caref I'm learning how to listen carefully. It, it happens. You want to listen. So it's the the desire to want to do something. And that's a huge motivator. Mm -hmm. um, and here we do actually have a goal. So this is a play in order to achieve something. Yet, of course, there's other forms of play where we just play because it is pleasurable. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's just maybe connects with me on a personal level also to how play can play in a really such a major part in the function of a team. And it's something that we do when I work with students that are forming teams for expeditions that we actually put a whole, we have a whole emphasis of our training is always on, on games where we're facilitating um, that teamwork. But I know on a personal level that that's also for me when I've had the most amazing experiences with a group of people who weren't necessarily, who were maybe, you know, friends on some level before, but when we've gone out into the field to do something more adventurous, that actually the having, that having a shared game that we all, that we've all played connected us and, and really, yeah, joins people together and has something that we refer back to and find really funny afterwards. And I think, In particular, I'm thinking of a trip that I did a hike in the um, in Sweden through the Arctic Circle that I did with a group of ex-colleagues, and we were all from different parts of the school and all different walks of experience in the great outdoors, and ended up doing this 
like hike through the Arctic Circle. But we had this, uh, one of the, the group brought along a game, um, which was basically you had to, um, it was a word game and it was electric and you had to kind of pass it around and guess what the, guess what the word was before the thing buzzed. Yeah, and it was so much, it was just so much fun that broke up, broke up the day, but always, just, just always at the end, you felt uplifted and connected it to everyone. And like you said about being on the same level, everyone, everyone was on the same, same level, but it was, a, you know, a team game. And I think as a team, that played a big part in us successfully completing what we did because it, it, it bonded us as a team. So I imagine that through the play that you do as well with a group of people from also all different walks of life that at the end of having that shared experience of play is something that connects you on a really deep level. Yes, definitely. And there's so many aspects to the team building, why the team building happens during that play. Mm -hmm. So my experience is, um, for example, um, doing staff workshops in schools where The teachers often don't know each other that well. Some know each other better, some don't. Some like each other, some don't like the other. So, um, and often those workshops are at the end of the day when everybody's tired. They come into the workshop space and they're like, oh, and then we do a quick warm up and suddenly sort of the mood lifts. And then uh, I introduce several other games and people get involved and there's laughter going on. And um, of course, like sometimes at the beginning, the laughter may also be a bit of nervousness because you don't know what's going to happen. And then it turns into sort of just laughing about the situation and you're sharing an experience where there's also a bit of risk involved, the uncertainty. And laughing means that you're sharing yourself too. If you can laugh with people, then you're already forgetting, you're not censoring yourself. We cannot laugh freely if we're, we're too self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, so that freedom of la- uh, sharing laughter is so valuable. Or it doesn't always have to be um, laughter that brings us together. It's managing, overcoming a problem, as in the the problem of the game, achieving something together. There's a bit of risk, but we know it's within mine. Well, it's contained, except there. actually there's a huge risk that um, you need to create an atmosphere of trust so that you can be silly and people will make say something that is less guarded and you won't be excluded from society, from the group, because that's our biggest fear. That's why we um, have our taboo topics. That's why we have our rules, the things we talk about, the, the things we can do. Um, it's so that we fit into a group and we don't want to embarrass ourselves. And I set up environments where people behave in ways that we often behaved as kids, like in a playful way. Mm-hmm. A lot of adults don't play. And I create safe environments where people can uh, play and say things they may not say in other contexts. And it's still totally fine. And then afterwards, you go away knowing you've shared a bit of yourself with others. They've shared themselves with you. And you laugh together and possibly accomplish, maybe create a little play. You, you created new realities within the workshop, like seen realities. And those are the memories. And that feeling you will take with you and that can be energizing. So another aspect, the, the what you take with you, not just the team building, but the feeling of having done that. And how does that affect 
the next day or Mm -hmm. next week. What do you think um, are the biggest barriers to to play (laughs) in our in in life in you know in our lives in general? Fear, being too self conscious, Mm -hmm. fear of failure, in not having fun doing it, like not letting yourself have fun or getting too hooked on rules or having a too much of a focus of wanting to win when there's too much at stake. Mm-hmm. I think that's something. Oh, and when you can't lose yourself, um, those, I think, for now are the biggest barriers. Yeah. Yeah, not feeling safe and fear. Yeah, I think that's a important point with fear that is the anxiety of maybe stepping stepping up and taking that first step probably to play if it's something that you've that you've not done before how do you um support people you know in a, in a workshop imagine you're coming coming in fresh you've never done it before this is it it's it's new it's it's play and something you've not done you know you've not experienced for a long time yeah how do you how do you support people in that that first step on the journey well as they come in I greet them I try to have a night, like a bit of a conversation, even if it's just small talk. I try to connect with them and create an environment that is welcoming. I mean, we all know when we go to events, and why do you feel more welcome at some events than at other ones? And I always think it starts at the beginning how you enter the space and how you're greeted. Um, if you feel safe in that space. So um, if you know where to put your bags down and your coat hangers, if you know um, how what space is for you and what space is dedicated to other things. So there's so many things and it starts right at the beginning. And then once the group is there, I always start off in a circle where everybody sees each other, that nobody's more important than any the other. Everybody's on eye level. Um, which is also important, like not sitting out, not having people further back. You, everybody's part of it. And then with small activities, like starting small, and it could be a small, playful introductory game where nobody will be singled out or you just have a, a short moment where you're in front of the group and giving people a voice in a way. But it always depends on the group, how I start off, how comfortable are they with each other, um, what do they have they done something like that before or not what about you um yeah I think I I know I agree I think it's it's setting that exactly it's setting that space so people know know what their own yeah what the expectations are and that kind of invitation to people to get involved at points and not you know and making it activities feel like it there's a an element of choice within it and the freedom for everyone to to fulfill their yeah take on take on the role that they see suits them and yeah without any pressure or expectation of of achieving anything necessarily and you know in particular I think often when you do when we do team building games and things like that actually the goal of them isn't to fulfill the goal (laughs) of what the task is it's actually the process of it and to and that's what I find really exciting when you see that actually that play taking shape within a group and seeing the dynamic and the that people all all bring to a team because it's it's not actually necessarily the solving of a problem or the or the task itself it's that process of it in the journey and giving everyone the opportunity to find that find their space in that 
Yeah, the, yeah. it's the means, the, the game or the task is often the means of getting there. Yeah expectations like what you were saying yes that is essential and I guess that links with rules doesn't it Um, yes true yeah and every game has different rules and everybody has a different comfort zone with rules too Mm -hmm. so it's also knowing like some people want more rules and feel more comfortable with more rules and then some people want less rules feel more comfortable within that and then so setting up an environment as a facilitator where everybody can find themselves and express themselves in a comfortable manner. And that's why I think improv games are actually really valuable because for introverts, for example, there's enough um, structure that gives them also time and space to complete. They don't have to fight for the speaking time or acting time. And for extroverts, it gives the parameters to, okay, I need to hold back if they tend to want be too out there or take up more speaking space than others and yeah improv just has the most games are really helpful and can appeal to a wide range of people what kind of rules do you have um yeah i'd say you know you need you need guidelines obviously for and um i tend to not call them rules i guess i tend to call them more yeah guidelines or parameters or um what have you but I think in general you know it's it's that rule one of the 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 things that is made clear very much at the beginning of any activity is that we're all here to enjoy ourselves we're all here for that purpose and so respect for everyone is the ground that is a ground you know that's a ground rule and also this um that everyone wants 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 to yeah get out the most of it that, for, that they want to get out of it and that means that they've got to be able to do that in in with freedom from judgment or knowing that that's going to be something that's that's passed on later you know or come back to them outside of this outside of the space and I think once you've said that and everyone is in you know you don't that's 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 basically the 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 yeah the the safety net Yes. you've created um yeah and I've you know touch wood not had issues from that because people go, get out and enjoy it and I think they do draw upon things afterwards but in a humorous developmental way rather than in any way um negative you know it's in a positive always in a positive way yeah and I think the more and the better a group knows each other and trusts each other Mm-hmm. the less sort of formalized rules are needed. Well, rules always depends on what you're doing. Like an yeah. improv, there might be games that have rules, but on the whole, like when you get more experience, often you say, well, there's the rules, but then you throw them out um, once you have accomplished certain skills. Mm-hmm. So a rule can help you to gain a skill um, and then you can let go of the rule and you'll be able to use the skill that you've gained in a uh, way. And then... The rules can give a safety or the expectations. I think it's that there is a difference between mm-hmm. rules and expectations. They um, are can get, provide some safety, and we are about the grow zone, so mm-hmm. we don't want to make it too safe. Yeah. So again, it's sort of finding how much like an agreement is more often. I think a mindset and a rule is um, how much like can be a limitation or a boundary, mm-hmm. and that is it depends on who you're with and what the aim is with how 
strict the rules are, if you need rules, and to what extent they are there. Is there a difference between group play and individual play? I would say there's always both at play in group play. And as an individual, you can choose to have individual play within the group. It's the attitude that you take. So there can, you can be playing a game or improv. However, if you're not having the at, right, the, a playful attitude, if you want to, as we said, some of the activities, there's a goal that if you're too goal oriented, then you may forget the play of that. Um, if my goal in improv and an improv scene is to make it the best scene ever and I want to be the star or really convince everybody how great I am, then um, I am not, I don't, or if I'm just not enjoying it, if I don't like it, then I don't have a playful attitude, a playful mindset, and then it's not fun and it's not play for myself. Um, in improv, there's a, a saying that people use is like, if you're not having fun in a scene, then you're the asshole. <laughs> 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 and that's it. Like, you can destroy it for others. And then it depends on the group. If you're not having fun, is the group able to balance that? Uh, how do they deal with that? Um, but a lot of it is about mindset. And even like having a conversation, anything we do is about our attitude to it. We, um, it's not always what we do, it's how we do it. So I can, uh, we, I can start a conversation. Like flirting, for example, that's a game. That, and it's a choice and you can uh, extend an offer to flirt with someone. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily want to attract them as a partner. You can, they, flirting can just be, they, let, let's use it here as a, a playful exchange with someone else. And you extend the offer to be playful, or you um, the other person blocks that offer. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So it can be in all different areas, really, that, you, <laughs> that of life that you can play. Yes, you can make play out of anything. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. it's the attitude. It's. Um, I remember working at Avon Cosmetics as a student, and they had this competition, and I needed to sift through the postcards with another girl who was working there. And I can't even remember what we do. We had to just sort them out into ones that were valid and ones that were not valid. And it was oh, for hours and hours and hours. It was actually a really boring job. But then we started um, looking at reading out their names and making stories using the name that was theirs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if the if it said park, then we'd have we'd create a sentence. Uh, so the person went to the park, and then we'd use the next name and use that word for the story. And we had such a good laugh. And out of a boring task, we found some a playful way to make it fun. Oh, that's fun. So yeah, I guess that's one of the benefits of play is that you can you can you can use it to yeah to change is change your mindset about certain things. Yes. Yeah. And and to to make a dull task fun. Like gamification, that's a huge thing at the moment, how to gamify procedures. Um, computer games are another thing. They, uh, there's educators using computer games in education. I, I think there's also big companies uh, such as Amazon who mm -hmm. uh, try to gamify processes um, in the hall so that 
people can make, stick with those very dull activities for longer. So it's we gain a lot through play. It goes beyond what's yeah. Sometimes yeah. indirectly then as well. But I think it's um I think actually actively playing mm-hmm. is something that's so important now because actually a lot of time we spend doing very passive activities. You know, you I mean, there's through the media you've got an abundance, <laughs> an absolute abundance of things that you can consume in terms of online media from reading to podcasts such as ours <laughs> to Netflix to all of these things that, that can consume our time but we're very passive in those things maybe sometimes we, we, we're listening to things or reading materials that are challenging us to become more active in some ways but a lot of the time can be spent very active whereas I think plays a great opportunity to to transform that into something active that's going to yeah bring you forward I guess that's why we're why this essence of grow zone that we're creating a channel through activity to um to grow through play yeah through play it's a real um a way of well not just spending time that's that's doing something that maybe you wouldn't yeah spending it's dedicating time to explore something with a bit of freedom and well yeah. Yes, and I think it's um, empowering. If you take, for example, um, learning an instrument in contrast to listening, uh, let's use the violin. Mm-hmm. If you can listen to beautiful violin music, you can uh, get a, I was about to say get a CD, and that's dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you can it's, play uh, on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to Spotify, find a violin sonata on Spotify and click play. <laughs> um, and that's beautiful. And I, I can be moved to tears listening to beautiful music and I can turn it into play by dancing to it. However, um, it's still different from learning how to play the instruments so even and so like I need to put the time into learning the instrument and then you can it depends on how you learn it you may have a quite rigid way of learning or a more playful way of learning it's but then when you are able to play music the tunes you want the sense of achievement and empowerment because now you're not dependent on Spotify or CDs (laughs) (laughs) Um, you can create that music yourself, and I think there's so the, the feeling of being able to play an instrument. Or like I used to dance a lot of tango, to which actually it is an improvised dance, so it's very playful. Um, you practice to get to a certain level of play, so it's that sense of mastery which is so empowering, and that will also serve you in real life. That's one of the reasons why we play. Yeah. One of the many reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. When I equate that to like outdoor activities like bouldering, climbing, skiing, that's all play and you're learning through play. And I think that's particularly why it's harder for adults to pick up these activities because we forget to learn that. We forget, I think, a bit of the playful side of things and this worry of, especially with skiing, <laughs> that, you know, what are the consequences of, of your play going wrong? <laughs> um, but actually, 
a lot of the activities and ski teaching and ski instructing is using games that are challenging the sides of your brain to yeah to to improve your coordination and to grow and like some examples we'd be doing is that at the same time as you're you're skiing that you're um you're throwing your sticks up in the air and catching them with the other hands Mm -hmm. that is a pure coordination game Mm -hmm. but in so doing it's taking actually away from you thinking about what you're doing with your feet so you're actually your body at the same time is just actually having to follow it naturally what it's doing and it's real right side and left side brain coordination so you're 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 focusing on the one thing so that the other part of play is happening yeah and, and that yeah, you might drop a pole <laughs> yes and yeah. it'll help you in everyday life yeah. like those are skills you that will flow into your everyday life might make tasks easier depending on what you need to do in everyday life like in your work or yeah interaction in, with the family or whatever yeah um, and that's the the other aspect, I do think that play is also essential, vital for survival. Mm-hmm. I know when there was a time in my life when I wasn't able to play because of the circumstances. And it was probably one of the worst times in my life because like there was only the serious stuff there. And that was also problematic. So, and after that time, um, which was a crisis, um, I like what I did. I went into deep, deep into myself. I reflected, and I knew I needed play back in my life, like theatre. At that point, I needed to get that back into my life and actively get involved again. And I did that, and it was almost instantly that I felt better again. We added so much to how I saw and experienced my surroundings. And there are studies that show that um, or when you look at murderers for, and criminals who at the deep end, a lot of times what they missed was play as a child. They didn't learn how to play. They don't know what play is. So it's, it's such an essential for us to be able to function in society. We need play um, because we learn skills. It helps us to make everyday life better. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, whenever you, whenever you've done something, completed an activity that is play, is playful, you have this. I feel you do come away with a sense of the sense of joy, a sense of yeah, a sense that that maybe you're a bit tired, but tired in a good way. So tired because you've used every kind of muscle or muscle and emotion and. Um, everything in your in your body, and it's a, and you have a deep sense of relaxation with that. Yes, as well. And I think that's a, a to end the day or to end something with that feeling is there's a great deal of satisfaction that yeah that that underrides, and it's a different type of tiredness than than you get from sitting in front of the you know at your desk all yes. day where your your mind is at that level of weariness, but not the rest of you. Yeah, it connects body and mind. Yeah, and and the the consciousness like that it's, it can be meditative almost. Yeah, sense of flow, and I think it's important for everybody to find their own play. Like, what what play do we need? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think 
um yeah like you say it's very individual and that's it it's finding finding your magic your area of play and whether that's an individual thing or a group activity as well but um yeah finding something that you can integrate yes and I think what I'll try to do over the next couple of days is be even more conscious of how often I play when it's not titled play yes so in a conversation, in in a maybe a, a mundane task to make that more playful, and how can I make my life even more playful? My own little mini goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good challenge, Sarah, and a nice bit of inspiration. I will take that on board as well. Lovely, good. <laughs> I played a lot of board games with our friends on Mallorca this summer. And one thing that was lovely is they were, we were all different like, sort of age groups and it, uh, and we have, we come from different places and uh, with play, we automatically have something with games that brings us together and you can get rid of all the other parts of it. But one thing you do within those games, I, I find with board games is um, te- like I test out how how much can I tease somebody? How much can I gloat when I'm winning to, uh, to when it becomes annoying to the others? Or then sometimes I try to be a bit more humble <laughs> and it's like testing different personas within that. Um, even if it's not the game itself, I'm still testing like you can say things that you normally couldn't say to others and you mean it in a playful way. It's not, um, and it, but you're still testing what is okay, what not. And you can, you always have the realm of saying, oh, well, it's just a game. It's okay. It's not serious. Yeah. yeah. I think that's good. No, I think that's good. And I think that's the underlying thing, isn't it? Is, is there's enough seriousness in life. So, so through play and making making you know why do we have to live life so seriously you know we can use play to to just brighten all aspects yeah and I think everybody has their own level of play in everyday life I think you can if you think about your friends and people you know you can probably think of people who generally have a more playful approach and people who have a less playful approach and where am I on that scale? Yeah. Or where are you on that scale? Yeah. And I think we, that's it. But uh, yeah, and I guess we need people that are at all places on that scale to make things work. <laughs> that's true. true. And also, yeah. I know that my playfulness level de- varies depending on who I hang out with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some people trigger the more playful part of me and some, I guess, especially when I, for me, it's when I don't feel safe or accepted as who mm. I am, I then um, become more guarded and don't yeah. play as much. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I feel like the best teams that I've worked with are the ones that allow that we could that that we have that atmosphere of play in terms of creativity and yeah, creativity and supporting one another. And it, there's that we have that freedom to experiment and support each other also professionally knowing knowing that hey you might fail but that's okay you learn from it and actually you'll have a laugh about it and then move forward from it yeah 
And, and yeah, I have very fond memories of, of of a particular team that I worked with that we worked in that way and it was fantastic. Yeah, same. And that sort of opens up another question. Humour, how much is humour play? Is it play or not? <laughs> there's a playful element because there's yes. laughter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe that's something to think about. Yeah. Kerry, how about playing a quick game? You know how much I love to play gibberish. I would like to challenge you to translate what I'm saying. Okay. Hortambarta. Well, good afternoon, world. It's really now something I have to talk about that's very close to my heart. That is that there is not enough ice cream. In particular, chocolate ice cream. <laughs> with little bits of apple inside. When I have my favourite ice cream, it just makes me want to dance about. And unfortunately, it's all run out. Well then, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know, should I write to Merkel? But I figure she's got more pressing matters at the moment. Perhaps. Well, <laughs> let's see. Thank you for translating my thoughts. <laughs> I don't know if I was translating my thoughts, not your thoughts, but anyway. Ah, that's yeah. another topic yeah. too. <laughs> Is it what we say and hear and interpret really ourselves yeah. or the other person? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's bring this episode to an end. Mm -hmm. It was a pleasure exploring play with you absolutely thanks a lot sarah and looking forward to our next episode me too we don't know yet what it's going to be about so if you have any suggestions do let us know bye bye, bye. thank you for listening to the grow zone real-time adventures for more adventures and information check out www.sarahhoopner.de the grow zone or for elements.eu